0: It's Tuesday, May 3rd, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio Ron Gross, from Income Investor James Early, and from Hidden Gems Andy Cross. Guys, good to see you. Good, good to you doing, see Chris. you, Chris. Hi, Chris. We've got some big earnings from Bridgepoint Education and some curious comments about Netflix from Dish Network CEO, but we are going to start today with Pfizer. The drug maker said its first quarter profit rose 10%. Uh, James, this is a Motley Fool recommended stock, um, and frankly, it seems like the first quarter. Profit was due more to lower costs and a smaller tax bill than actual you know, great revenue. Is is that why the stock is down today?
1: Uh, that's right, Chris. Let me tell you what's going on here. So yeah, 1% sales decline didn't seem too bad. Profit was up 10%, basically because of cost cutting. And that's the string I think investors need to pull because Pfizer and frankly, most of the other drug companies have gotten themselves into sort of a vicious cycle. They've got diminished R&D productivity. So cost cutting helps profits. And, and you could argue that the R&D isn't as, as fruitful, so it's good to cut. But then where are their new drugs going to come from? And that's the problem: is these drug companies have become like the big movie studios. They only want blockbusters. A, a five hundred million dollar drug is not enough. So they have to spin big, take big risks, and you know the, the patent protection is, I guess, not long enough for them. So I'm concerned about, frankly, the, the chemical based drug discovery model going forward.
2: Ron, James, yeah, I was just curious what your thoughts are. So Lipitor, I think, comes off a of patent in the next year or two. Right, November. That, Lipitor, November 30th. Yeah, that's right. Pretty big viagra, deal, right? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a big deal. That's
3: like the yeah, uh, number like, one, like the avatar of. Yeah, the the avatar of
1: of Pfizer, yeah. Yeah,
0: Right. So, I mean, if you're a Pfizer shareholder, shouldn't you be scared that Lipitor, the $12 billion – Drug for uh, well, Pfizer is about to lose its U.S. patent protection.
1: Here's the thing, Chris. This is a very, very slow motion crash. Crash is even too hard of a word. A slow motion slow down, gentle fall. Um, yeah, <laughs>
0: slow motion
2: slow, slow down. So, so down.
1: Pfizer actually has sort of a decent pipeline, so they are replenishing somewhat. But it's more of a concern of the, the rate of replenishment versus the decline, and where does the valuation play into all this? There's definitely value there, but it's just become a little more dangerous game, I think, than most investors realize.
3: And the dividend, right? that's a nice dividend. Nice dividends, that's the one thing. But they're they're cutting
1: their 2011 R&D spending by 30%, and that's material.
0: Shares of Bridgepoint Education were up big today after the company crushed earnings estimates. Uh, Ron, you own Bridgepoint uh, in the million-dollar portfolio. What's the story here?
2: So this is an industry in general that's come under c- quite a bit of scrutiny uh and and criticism in fact there's um regulations in congress to really tighten up this this uh industry in terms of students are finishing with a lot of student debt their salaries are not commensurate with that debt they're having trouble paying it back there's a high default rate um, a lot of students don't actually finish their degrees and they drop out so that's they have like the a lot other of school debt. So far. Yeah. So a lot of these companies are are less than shall we say scrupulous can you say that? Yeah. Is that a, a proper use of the word? Yeah, I think um, so. Now, Bridgepoint, on the other hand, I think is is one of the better companies in this industry. In fact, they have increasing enrollment rates when almost every company has decreasing enrollment rates. The only one that I can think of that had an increase this, this uh, quarter is actually under uh, investigation by the Department of Justice for some shenanigans with how they take in students. So this is kind of like the best in the industry. And you have a valuation that is so incredibly cheap, I think you're being compensated for the risks associated with the industry and with regulatory changes going forward. Andy?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of um, headline risk, right, to this whole story, yeah. Ron? So, Because we follow, we have Bridgepoint in Hidden Gems as well, and we also own American Public Education, another uh, what I consider all-star in this area. So I think a great investment approach is looking for the best-run companies in industries that have a, head, a lot of headline risk and are un um, Really unfairly beaten down in Bridgepoint and American public, were both those cases when we picked them up at Hidden Gems.
2: Um, I think Bridgepoint is, is definitely, as Andy said, one of the, one of the better ones. They already have lower tuition rates than the rest, which mm-hmm. is helping them uh, to keep their enrollment high. And they actually have one of the highest student loan repayment rates in the industry, which is kind of the big deal here. Um, which to me mitigates some of that headline risk Andy yep. was talking about.
0: Well, and in some ways, don't they probably benefit from the fact that the, a lot of the others in the industry are are
2: you know in the longer term, yes. <laughs> In the, by the US in, Justice Department. in the shorter term, kind of everybody gets thrown out with the bathwater. But in the longer
0: term, absolutely, yeah. the cream will rise to the top. Guys, we talked recently about how Dish Network uh, now owns Blockbuster. Dish CEO Charlie Ergen said on Monday's earnings conference call that he doesn't see Blockbuster necessarily being a competitor to Netflix in terms of streaming because Netflix has a, quote, probably insurmountable lead in that business. Andy, Netflix is a longtime Stock Advisor recommendation. Uh, it's been a huge long-term winner. Um, is Netflix lead in streaming that strong, or is Charlie Ergen sort of um, playing the expectations game here?
3: Well, I, I, Charlie Ergen is, is a smart guy. He, he Co-founded Dish Network, he owns more than 50% of that stock. So, um, when he says something like this, that to me is a pretty telling sign that he thinks Netflix's position is very strong in the streaming. Now, the question is, why do they buy Blockbuster in the first place, and what do they intend to do with it? If you're a Dish Network shareholder, which I am not, and we don't follow it in our in uh, stock advisor, but we do follow Netflix very closely, and believe that Netflix does have a very strong position is it insurmountable? Well, it's a great leading, great first-mover advantage for Netflix to be in that spot. So, um, I'm going to let the, let their record speak for itself.
2: I think Dish is probably looking for the, the Blockbuster delivery system and content as an add-on, obviously, to uh, offer subscribers. Whether they're going to actually try to take on Netflix and, and be the dominant player in this field, I think these, what the CEO is telling you is no. But it, it will enhance their product offerings, which is probably a good thing for Dish.
0: Another thing that he did on the conference call, um, Charlie Ergen compared Dish's business plan to the sitcom Seinfeld, um, <laughs> where basically a lot, a lot of things uh, – random things happen in the first 28 minutes and, and it all comes together at the end. It all makes sense. Um, I don't know. Is that – I'm not a Dish – Shareholder, but is that supposed to make me feel better? That yeah. you know, that's our business plan.
3: Yeah, what's the confidence factor in that in that business plan? I will say that he owns majority of the shares, so um, you know he he's putting where he's putting his money where his um, business is and where his mouth is. So we'll see if it works out. I, I you'd like to see a little bit stronger plan than that. Although Seinfeld is one of the most successful TV <laughs> shows of all time, so if that success matches. Um, dish networks, then they'll be in pretty good shape.
0: Uh, let's let's pivot over to Netflix here. Um, uh, as I said, Andy, it's, it's a long-time recommendation of Stock Advisor, um, and certainly people have lost money betting against the stock, mm. but is there a point where you look at it and go, this is a great company, um, Reed Hastings is a is a great manager, a uh, great manager, a great steward of the business. But the stock is overvalued.
3: Well, Reed's a visionary when it comes to this area.
0: So, um, like you said,
3: many people have lost a lot of money betting against Netflix. Um, they have 24 million members subscribers right now. There are estimates that could be 50 million in a few years. One in five households have a Netflix. Membership right now. So, and the neat thing about the business that I think people have constantly missed two things. One, the recommendation engine is phenomenal and it's really the backbone of why people like to go to Netflix as well as the offerings they have, but really the recommendation engine that they have that they've built. And two, the distribution network and the network effects of adding more and more members, their member base continues to grow at a faster and faster rate. So, the more members, the more movies. The more ability to be able to go out and buy content. There's huge network effects in this business. And we're just talking domestically right now. They're starting to go into Canada. They've had some great success in Canada, and they'll start going into other markets here over the next year or two. So I, I think um, the the stock has done so well, and um, I, I'm, I have it thumbs up in caps um, at full.com. So I think I, I'm a believer in the long term value of Netflix and where it's going to go from
0: here. Uh, we talked about Netflix last week. Um, some of our analysts took issue with Netflix's decision to buy back shares and felt like it wasn't the best use of the company's capital. Um, we asked Netflix for a comment. They referred us to their shareholder letter, and I'll just, I'll just read what was written. Uh, the objective of our buyback program is simply to return money to our shareholders similar to a dividend. Consequently, we are neither price sensitive nor market timers. Um, Andy, what is your take on Netflix's buyback program?
3: Well, um, I take them at their word. I think they are trying to return money to shareholders. They do that in a whole host of ways, mostly investing back into their business. So, I mean, share buybacks for a high-tech growth company like Netflix um, kind of comes with the territory because, uh, share issuance is a is a form of currency for them because they're in Silicon Valley. They're basically trying to recruit the smartest people they can, and share and issuing stock comes with that uh, territory and with that industry. So, part of that is to offset some dilution. Part of it is probably trying to return some money back to shareholders because they do generate a lot of cash that they invest in a lot of different ways, and share buybacks is one of them.
0: Run.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I applaud their desire to return um, capital to shareholders. Um, and whether they do that through buybacks or a dividend, that's kind of an ongoing debate that has lasted throughout the ages about what's best for shareholders. Yep. In the case of a, of a very fast-growing company like Netflix that has really... a a bright future ahead of it. There are some folks that think they should just retain that capital for now and use it to grow the business, use it to grow the content offerings. And, and that's um, an interesting debate. And they
3: generate a lot of cash, too. So they're doing this as well as investing back in the business into the streaming network, too. So I think, I think the use of that capital over time, will continue to see how that plays out for Netflix.
0: Uh, just as we wrap up, I want to go back to Charlie Ergen, who's quickly becoming one of my favorite CEOs with the, th- the comments that he makes. He's, <laughs> he's he's closing fast on Carol Bartz, the CEO of Yahoo, who is easily my favorite CEO. Um, so comparing his business to the TV show Seinfeld, um, let's just go around the table. And uh, for, uh, for each company, I'd like to hear a TV equivalent. Ron, Bridgepoint Education, the TV equivalent? Uh, hmm,
2: okay. So, um, I think – Welcome Back Cotter seems to fit It's a little bit wacky, it's a little bit <laughs> educational It's an awful lot of fun <laughs> Alright, James, Pfizer?
1: Chris, I was going to say the Weather Channel But as we are talking before the show Apparently the Weather Channel is hugely popular And I just didn't know So I'm <laughs> saying the Simpsons Long running show, but but not quite as popular these days
0: all right and uh, Andy for Netflix.
3: Uh, I'll say I'll say American Idol uh, it, It's been a, a, a firecracker performer out there and then and one of the highest rated TV shows and they continue to grow it faster and faster and they go into new markets like you know concerts now with their performers so American Idol for Netflix.
0: Andy Cross, James Jurley, Ron Gross. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Thank you, Chris. Chris. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.